Hi, my name is Rajesh P.I. Theater person, a healer, an actor. I've never had this uh, feeling that, no, I'm missing out on something because I feel I've only gained. On Instagram, we are The Actors Collective. We are also on Facebook. Personal ID for healings is uh, Theseus Taken. T-H-E-S-E-U-S-T-A-K-E-N. Arts, A-R-T-S dot P-I at gmail dot com. coaching mentoring actor training a lot of people who want to get into acting healing of course so i've acted in eight commercial films i did this movie called last bus released in 2016 it ran for 100 days i watched it 12 times in the theater when it came took different sets of people to each of these shows each of these people had so different things to tell me i was shocked one person was amazed what a movie excellent what a break for you i see you doing very well blah 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 another person said what kind of shit film is this you shouldn't be acting in such movies 12 different things and by the end of it i was like wow the way people perceive is also so different it's very nuanced it's very interesting as long as you're open basically i would just allow this full creativity to flow because that's what i tell people also wherever that starting point is there's nothing defined i'll give an example we were doing a, a project my earlier theater group we were running a theater and education department in christ university i was there for about 6 years now our team had come from concordia university canada come to learn street theater we had got some of the fantastic theater directors to come here to direct that we were creating a street play facilitating that space and these people were conducting we just allowed the imagination to run but there were a set of students the indian students who already knew street theater as done by kannada theater and for them their reference point was this is our reference point this is a starting point but for us that was not the starting point we said we have got a team here from around the world now what we are going to do is we are going to collaborate and we are going to create our own starting point that starting point may be below it may be on top wherever it is and it was somewhere else these guys had a lot of difficulty they were like oh man well, how do we do what do we do blah 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 this is not street theater i said forget forget your understanding forget all that you know about street theater you just stay where you are and we created piece which was fabulous very soft very nuanced it has a fabric dream we took this to shivajinagar performed over there we took it to uh, the malls for the moment that it was staged for the moment that it was performed the audience was awestruck they were regular people they were not touched by poetry or art or anything when they saw it it resonated at a deeper level they were spellbound they stayed and when it got over within seconds they moved back into their worlds so that's the role of an artist like for example recently i did a corporate workshop uh it is a very uh, a difficult environment training happened in their own workspace i'm requesting them to give me another space where they can forget that they are from work so they don't have the, those resources so this is like a breakout area you're working you're taking a break having a coffee and then you're getting back it is just for a brief thing so they are in that same mindset and i just have one hour to conduct this workshop if i had a day or something or if i had a few more hours i could do something more but yet i did i was not satisfied feeling like no this is not it but they were very happy you know we are happy they had a good time so then what i do i get out of my way and i say you did what you did this is what happened deep work cannot happen in a space like that shift cannot happen in a space like that change cannot happen in a space like that more authentic data will not flow from a space like that because there are a lot of constrictions around that existing space itself so i feel that that particular workshop anybody could have handled somebody just 6 months into theater could have done even better job than me so this whole fund of how i approach the theater is entertainment ma let's focus on entertainment i try not to get too busy 
when i'm very busy too busy busyness right i get trapped in it i suffer so i ensure that like mondays i don't work i've been going with the flow not afraid of my life and because i feel i have the tools to deal with things i believe suffering is optional it's a story that one tells herself like for example like people tell me i have migraine i'm taking the stabra after 3 days i'll be fine that's a story you want to change that migraine now we can do it through reiki within 3 minutes i can change it and i'm not boasting i'm not bragging it's a fact anybody who's learned reiki can do it big deal but for a person who's not exposed to that that's magic how can you say that i have suffered for 5 years 10 years uh, with this migraine and if i get a migraine 3 days i'm out not necessary reiki is a healing process which goes directly to the root of the issue so for example you have a headache and you come to me and say please do reiki for me what reiki will do is reiki will work on the underlying condition that gave you the headache let us say you are married your wife's relative has given you a tough time that is bogging you the reiki will remove that person out of the equation there's no basis for the migraine anymore it just collapses so it works on the underlying condition you can't even call it spiritual it's a practice basically you're energizing your chakras so that has been a constant for me for years that keeps me grounded emotionally regulated modality of practice is reiki healing and energy healing powerful way to create a massive shift in a human being in a limited point of time but if it is your karmic journey for example i've done reiki for uh, clients who suffering from cancer now it is their karmic journey to go through that that experience in that life they have come and that soul knows that this is part of my journey i have to go through this what reiki does is it makes that process more cushioned process so for example the chemotherapy is a very painful they have these reactions like puking and a lot of hair fall on that when reiki was given during at that point of time it was a smooth process those people have had hard to say this but pleasant deaths they moved on pleasantly because i remember client's daughter telling me i never knew death could be precious she said the entire family happened to be present on that day for the first time in 2 years of her cancer journey everybody was present all the sons wives brothers everybody was present she just reached out held her daughter's hand and she said she almost smiled and she went and she said this for me was the most beautiful way to die thank you and i've been doing this for quite some time but for years i would not talk about it no because i was worried of being shamed why do a lot of people not share very personal experiences like this they are either looking for safe spaces to share like my reiki teacher she believes in past lives spirits and ghosts <laughs> yeah of course they existed that we can only hear things when it is below a certain spectrum and above a certain spectrum a certain range beyond that range above or below we cannot hear eyesight we can only see within that particular range all the senses but it's good for us thank god for that <laughs> so if you have a dog you will know the difference these guys are sensing something else that's what happened to me and when i got a doggy i realized that he is seeing things that i am not able to see if you have the sight if you tune yourself there are lots of things happening around you which the normal world will say oh that's a paranormal thing that cannot be explained and there are things happening all around us all the time even if you don't believe in it the soul is immutable right the soul is like oh yeah this lifetime i did this that thought will be there no in your system that it is a contract i feel more than anything else more than somebody imposing things on us but the soul actually also makes a choice yeah i'm ready to go through but in that lifetime that individual may uh, learn that or may have to go through another lifetime but it is an informed decision mm-hmm. the soul says yes so uh, i will go through this experience so things that have happened we've done in a previous lifetime so we come to experience that spirits and ghosts <laughs> yeah of course they existed 
you learn every action as an equal and opposite reaction we tend to overcompensate also where did that overcompensation come a lot of techniques help us in understanding our soul's journey the family is a field and your behavior patterns you can track it down to a past trauma some of the traumas that you are experiencing may not be your own could have traveled at the cellular level usually it would have happened in two or three generations you can spot it there are multiple techniques to understand that so constellation work help you don't have to do anything but if you go into a healing process which uses holistic techniques then you'll be able to understand your life journey see patterns in your family line for some reason they've gone through the same thing you may find that same pattern in your own life may have happened to a grand uncle because in the constellation nobody is ignored nobody is excluded everybody everybody who's in your life even somebody who's passed away who's taken their life away and the family does not speak about they are in that even somebody who has harmed you or given excess wealth or been very nice to you they are all the good the bad everything is included in the trauma they can exist like a spirit and entity but we are not even speaking to a spirit or an entity this is nothing to do with that hmm. definitely that information is available that information that you say about your family your lineage let us say somebody has a heart attack at the age of 35 probably will track it to a grandfather or grandmother who had a, a heart break at the same age what is happening is we are all very blind and loyal children take this burden without realizing it and usually this happens in about two or three generations that's it so you don't have to go 7 10 now all that is gone you can find out from your own ancestors what what is the, what are they saying yeah this karmic aspect can be nullified now with that awareness the choice to become a better human being then you don't need to make the same mistakes so there is something called constellation work help us to get rid of that burden and to live our own lives two of the books that i remember you can heal your life it didn't start with you please read it read it what happens is fundamentally your ancestors want healing you can remove that karmic angle from the picture through healing if they want a release i'm very happy to do that release i have a lot of empathy for them i have a body but they don't have not that i want to meet any of them and i don't want to take panga also with anybody <laughs> i am covered that way born brought up in bangalore i used to stay in the old part of bangalore you know that austin town near that area it is an amazing amazing place it everybody lived in a cottage today you have to go to uti to stay in a cottage <laughs> like i remember when i look at my old pictures randomly taken my childhood and all of that beautiful aspect is that the roads were empty wide spacious roads and flowering trees bangalore was a romantic experience things have changed dramatically how there's more opportunity now in bangalore today you can be anybody in bangalore and you can make a superb living I don't know if that's possible in another city. The sense of self actually happened when I was 9 years old. We were in this village in Kerala, hometown, Kollam, tongue of land uh, with the sea on one side and the water body traveled by canoe over here. And you, this is a land over there. And my father's passed away. And I was 9 years old, clueless, wondering what's happening, just wearing that white uh, towel and standing over there. In Hinduism of course the the mother does not have any say. Very patriarchal kind of ceremony. So I know my mother somewhere with her servant in a room inside. the rituals are happening whole village has arrived over there because so they loved him a lot he was an amazing human being draftsman he used to work in hl here in bangalore he was a, even entrepreneur he had run a hotel and all that and he really believed in helping people and his life was one of sacrifice that's how we understand his life so he is no more and this whole rituals are happening final offering is basically a morsel of rice with some fruits a banana piece and offered and 
sky is filled with these black crows and these crows are the sea crows they are jet black you have a puppet in your hand one fellow will chuck he'll pluck it from your hand and another fellow will pluck it from other fellow's uh, beak that's a kind of precision aggressiveness <laughs> and energy that they have they went and placed it over there air is filled with crows they're all sitting and nobody's coming and touching in this thing just waiting and then the everybody's like worried and then my grand uncle he says oh no my younger brother loved me the most he wants me to offer it he just make way and he asked people to move took this morsel went about some 5 10 feet ahead and placed it the crows were still not coming then every what to do what is happening because this is the final thing whatever you've done before that is of no use until a crow has eaten that thing that is the belief and then suddenly the pujari says hey where is the boy's mother and then people remember ah okay there is a person like that so she comes and she was very young and she's very weak in fact she had to be admitted to hospital after that so she just comes and they hold her she comes weakly she just lifts this just turns and just drops she didn't have the strength to you know bend down and she drops it over there and she turns back even before she's fully turned the crows have already finished that for me at 9 years old i just saw that moment and i said oh wow this is like a maniratna movie you know first time the technicolor movie 70 mm that kind of a feel i had i said wow there is a force far greater than us far more magical than we are just puny creatures and for me that was the moment when i felt okay there is something more i need some kind of a spiritual anchor you can call whatever you want we give it some terms and we limit chain it to those terms i'm not a big fan of going to temples in a very conventional manner or any kind of a religious kind of a thing i mean all those really put me off i heard people say they go to the himalayas and they experience god over there for them that trek is god i'm a devout uh, a devotee of kamakya so every year uh, i go to travel to guwahati go there with my reiki teacher we meditate for about two weeks every year and we come back and for me that two weeks that i spend gives me the energy for this whole year during the pandemic we missed that opportunity before kamakya there was i used to go to an ashram in telicheri called the rama devi bhakta mandali beautiful beautiful space and me and my friend leave bangalore early morning drive to telicheri spend one hour over there drive back to bangalore <laughs> come back and you feel so fulfilled these kind of things help although reiki is not a spiritual practice you know but it some people call it that but it's a practice you know so i find spirituality there so many experiences to recount so many psychic experiences so many things that are happening so uh, it has been a very fulfilling uh, spiritual journey i have been educated through different gurus different teachers who came my way from around the world professor from stanford university shirzad chamin conducts a workshop every year online it's free of cost for about thousands of coaches worldwide teaches them this concept called positive intelligence you have to be a coach basically you have to work with people so you apply and his team feels that okay you fulfill the requirements then you are chosen it's about a five week online thing i think that's one of the best things that i did for myself because i was able to understand my own behavior so what it does is it talks about the fact that we have inner thoughts which he names that inner voices voices come from our childhood these voices don't help us grow so for example somebody may feel like or maybe i should not do something different thoughts coming and that person does not do that thing but actually doing that thing will stimulate the growth in that person's life you know but these inner voices inner saboteurs what they keep talking to us and some of these saboteurs are the inner judge which is the fiercest critic which will hold you accountable for something you did when you were so many years ago constantly shame you and, and constantly but why whole process of this course was very healing because i understood what my inner voices were 
there is a hypervigilant, there is a pleaser, there is a so many voices within us. They remove us from our authenticity and we make key decisions based out of fear and therefore what happens is when we live lives like that, these lives do not reflect fully invested life. As Rajesh Pia, I may be 30% of my life in this lifetime because of my own fears. The moment maybe I could have learned music, when I like somebody, I could have communicated that to that person. So many, so many things did not happen. So many things uh, also happened, but they also happened out of fear. So when we realize what these saboteurs are, so through this process, I understood what my saboteurs were. We connect to what we call our inner sage. Our inner sage, all of us have, is the most vibrant, most... Uh, enhanced version of us. We are magnanimous. Suddenly something happens. You know, some people do something selflessly. Okay, I will rescue the child. I will risk my life. And what is happening? That's inner sage. I will do something for the community. Okay, I'm, I decide I'm going to give all my wealth to this particular cause. The inner sage. It is there within us. When you make decisions from that space, it is the most empowered decisions. It is not coming from fear. It is not coming from panic. It is not coming from anger. It is not coming from any kind of those uh, things. It is coming from a very, very clear space. Presently located closer to Whitefield. I went to an amazing school called Frank Anthony Junior School, Richmond Road. Uh, it's still there. That school building is old Bangalore architecture. Tiny, beautiful place. Chota Chetan. That is the first movie because we went from school to watch it. And I remember watching it at least three or four times. That was phenomenal. Then I went to another school called Frank Anthony Public School. The school was a very painful experience for me because suddenly from a very cozy environment where teachers knew you by heart, you know, everybody and had give that personal attention. We moved to a school where there were like 60 students and like A, B, C, D, E, F sections. As a kid, I was an introvert. My classmates would barely remember me. I was literally in the shadows. So I struggled with academics. I failed in my ninth standard. And that failure was very good for me because then I said, okay, I'm going to do what I love. Never fell into the trap of engineering, medicine and all that. I was saying there is a life beyond that also. So I joined uh, Commerce and Christ College then. Beautiful experience. Stumbled into theater and I was like, wow, what is this? Theater which really shaped my journey was this uh, French uh, traveling theater called Futsban. They performed in 95. And that was a phenomenal experience. Form of theatre, they called body theatre. So actors speak in multiple languages. Somebody speaking Arabic, somebody speaking in um, French. Odysseys, Homer's Odysseys on stage. And you don't have a clue what's happening, but it's doing things to you. Like, you know, you're getting goosebumps. You are like absorbing. You are like, what is happening? It's like a mass... <laughs> You're tripping on something. A mind-blowing experience. I became who I am. I found my voice in college. Degree, I did my journalism. Journalism, psychology, English. And by the end of it, I felt like enough. Enough of all this conventional learning uh, spaces. I'm done with it. I'm not going to waste any more time studying the conventional way. But learning will happen through multiple processes. So I have not continued my education after that. Times of India has this program called NI, Newspaper and Education. So we were going to schools and we don't know where these children are coming from. What, what homes, what kind of abuse they are facing. There's a lot of negativity. Using the newspaper as a tool. So many interesting things happened in these schools. You don't know who's going to be inspired by the story. Theatre became this process of inspiration. That one hour when I'm teaching them, can I create one change in them? Can I create a shift? Can I just give them a dream to dream on? Because that's how I lived. So it was very fascinating during that period going to school. So this was in the 90s. Passionate about what I was doing. Okay, Director Pawan Kumar, right? Lucia. And this is a story he told me years ago. As a teenager, he was part of my theatre group. And he said, Rajesh, you came to my class once. I said, okay. So I was showing these children, uh, lifting an imaginary rock. Lift, 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 lift. And he said, I saw you doing that. And he said, 
I want to do that. <laughs> so like that, I met lots of people, lots of children who are actually celebrities. This girl in Sacred Games, Kubra, we had this NI Play Fest. New Horizons called me and said, just give us some tips. I said, sure. So I went at that, saw that play and I saw this girl. Hooked nose. I was like, wow, that girl is brilliant. So I have the ability to spot talent, which others may not even notice. And I told these people, you know, this girl, she'll get best actor award. That's a big blunder I did. I shouldn't have done that. And I remembered her name also because it's a very unique name. The school was very excited, teachers very excited. And you know what happens with teachers who don't know theater and all, you know, what they do is they put a lot of pressure on the child because somebody said you're Oh, this potential. A lot of cooks spoiling the broth. When the play happened, I was eagerly looking forward to her play. So this girl was completely dull and uninspiring. And I was so, so sad. And for years, this thought just kept going in my head. I should not have done that. You remember where you have failed more than your successes. That taught me a lot of things. I did not divulge what I really felt about students to the teachers. I kept them out of the loop. Called the students separately. I gave them tips. So all that happened as a process. Later on when I sacred games happened and then I saw this girl. I said, oh God, girl, she's just the same. And then when I googled, I found out her name and I found that uh, and she's a celebrity. And I remember that name also because it is a unique name. Times they liked my work. So they said, why don't you join us full time? I was there in Times of India for about uh, four years, I think. I don't think I was ever cut out for a nine-to-five kind of an experience. Sitting through these boring meetings, discussing copies, discussing sales, uninspiring people. Some were very nice people, I really enjoyed. But, you know, you lose your identity because you become part of a herd and you feel that this is what life is. And that is the most bayanaka, the most terrifying thing for me where you lose your identity. You say, where is hope? That kind of a life. And then evenings I would do theatre. Suddenly there would be a mass transformation. Living a dual life, you know. And what would happen is we would do our plays and these people from office would come to watch. So there were other departments called response and all that. Very happening people who never saw me in office. Acknowledge my existence. They would just be in their happy worlds. And these guys would come and they would see me act. They would be laughing their guts out. They would be applauding. And I'm like, wow. And next day at work, I'm sitting at work. These guys would not connect the dots. (laughs) But they were very kind to me. They could see that this fellow doesn't fit here, you know. He's lost in his own world. He's ungrounded. This young fellow floating. That point, I became really famous. Because I'm suited for theatre exclusively, you know. So theatre continued. Then I was with the Times of India for some time. I hated every minute of it. (laughs) I was always lagging at work. There were moments when I would suddenly become alive. Some event happened, then I would give my 200, 500%. People would be like, okay, what is the transformation? At that point of time, what happened was uh, a lady called Phyllis Farias. She's actually an education counsellor, part of this NIE team. Maybe she saw this sadness that I was going through. And and she just said, Rajesh, why don't you come do a test? It's an aptitude test. Those days, it was basically 120 uh, yes-no, yes-no answers. Maybe yes-no, maybe answers. Tick it off in about 30-40 minutes. I went and did that. And then the results, what she shared was very scary for me because she said, see, you're a very creative person. You will not survive in this kind of work culture. And she said, if you continue what you're doing, if there is no aspect of creativity in your life, you are going to suffer from depression. It's affecting your mental health. 
although i'm a psychology student i did not know the correlation but this was a shock for me i started looking out left right center i have to leave i have to get into another organization and that is how i got into a web based startup in 99 beginning of the internet there were some 20 30 people in shringar complex mg road so i was one of the earliest people to join this organization i really enjoyed that culture i enjoyed that uh, whole experience because this was in 99 that was when the dot com buzz in a span of a month two months they were poaching people left right center and those days they were saying what car do you want to drive they were getting all these fancy cars your maruti thousands uh, honda cities were there hyundai some cars were there it was like a boom time i left before the it boomed even further everything burst i was in another corporate job startup internet company i was heading content for them much before google okay rediff was there ha yahoo was there yeah education nothing was happening in that boring nobody would read that stuff i should really thank that gentleman i was having a one on one meeting with him he was based in the us and in that meeting and i was giving him all these creative ideas to make the education site as a hangout where youngsters can chill reflect so when i presented these ideas to him this man looked at me and he said i don't want your creative shit and he said you just copy copy from rediff and for me at that moment i made a promise to myself i will never work for anybody again and i'm going to do theater for about 7 years i was just part of me says no there is no money in theater no i must do then another part says what are you do how will you survive you know all these stories that we have and one thing i told myself was this is a one way street you are in this boat if it sinks you drown you are not going to have a secondary job you know or third thing or this that i did not give myself that option and i'm very glad i did that that was the tipping point because 3 months after that i launched that site with the ideas i had and with his ideas i launched and I resigned at same day just january 7 2000 i just walked out and the, when i walked out i felt like i was like floating on air <laughs> but i must thank my corporate life because it taught me a lot of things which was useful in my theater journey because during the pandemic especially i saw because that is the most testing time even then some force was guiding me through it you know because we took all the theater online so even the mahabharata project it happened because of the pandemic bug just hit me i must direct a play and it should be the mahabharata and then another thought struck me you have to have a psychological basis to this production and slowly with different experiences different people it just you know fell into place So earlier I used to be this kind of person who would write down everything because there's 8 minutes there's a break here micromanage every damn thing did and did a great experience but I realized when I'm intuitively doing it like I know what has to be done but I'm go there and sense it and and exercise flow and say oh no we'll do this or oh, let's change this or you look at the crowd and say okay they're very tired today you cannot do this particular exercise with them or they're in another zone or they need to be awakened up whatever it is so when I've listened to my my intuition I found that that work is far more reaching because then people come back and say you know there was something that happened to me you said the right word or you'd said something or you did this and that made a difference to me and i'm like wow theater is actually a mirror to your own self and we can actually observe human behavior in a simulated environment there's a lot of data that's constantly coming now depending on that i decide what i want to do about it how can i help that person either that workshop is sufficient for that person to experience something or that person may be called to come and sometimes uh, you cannot do anything about it also main approach right now is in terms of actor training this is something i really very uh, keen to work on and i'm actually in the process of writing a book like a workbook see fundamentally when you look as an actor what is happening is everywhere their techniques are being taught the stanislavski kind of acting this that a whole lot of things are happening but nobody is looking at acting uh, from a holistic perspective like fundamentally i talk about grounding 
and grounding is very important for the actor boundaries with exercises okay so along with the actors focus on techniques there is an how an actor can prepare an actor's life that is something i'm very eager to do my aim is this year i have to get it out by december work is going on that yeah so my approach is very different in a creative field it's very easy there's an opportunity to work on oneself for that emotional depth what is that person doing about themselves it's something that i teach people the actors is say what about your inner work you know what about you feeling all those feelings for yourself mm. and being comfortable and then acting my process of more very intuitive process so there's a production director called navarasa stage it studio called lahe lahe in indranagar this was way back in uh, 2019 now how i directed for that play also was we are directing shringara today i have no clue what i'm going to do that day i enter that space and i'm in the zone theater space becomes an energy field okay and i say okay fine okay bye you i tell the actor okay i want you to sit over there you're sitting over there and then suddenly i feel he needs a book i say bye you needs a book get a book get a book get a book and then somebody runs and picks up a book and brings a book and what are the odds it's a collection of gulzar's poetry just flipping it open and there's a love poem i said this is a poem you could read read it anybody who is in that zone who's performing they are all like keyed like oh wow what's happening next if there is a control freak or somebody extremely logical or who wants to know where the hell we are going what is the script what are my lines that person will have a multiple panic attacks in that space that person cannot survive in that space what is required is complete trust in the process and the belief that we will cross this shore and what happens is and we may hit a roadblock but it does not happen in a space of anger or frustration no nothing it's a very smooth respective very very energized kind of a thing graduation for me from the yelling kind of theater i have done i have shouted i have screamed i have thrown people out of the theater you know so that sort of thing so this intuitive process continued even when i did the mahabharata project we have had 13 performances we started performing last year just taken a short break we want to add more characters so maybe september october we start performing again now for this play also we were rehearsing only on weekends i did not want to tire them out during the week my process because of this takes very less time we spent i think 2 uh, months 8 weekends that's it to create this play so what i told them was uh, nobody is going to tell me i'm not coming to, for the session whoever is coming i'm going to work with them and i told them even if you have to leave early don't tell me because i don't want to be bogged by whether you are coming late you are this i don't i just want to be in this creative zone to be able to direct supposing i we need to leave let's say half an hour early I shouldn't tell you i said no so what do i do i said when there's a break you walk out <laughs> now this is something which cannot happen normally it's foolhardy to do this but it worked incredibly so i feel there is a larger thing at process and as long as we remove the ego and as long as we remove the fact that oh i am doing something no i'm not doing anything i'm a part of this process too and when things happen right when things has say people say it's very 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 it's not no psychic it's like wow oh that's beautiful mm-hmm. like for example uh, we devised a lot of these scenes kunti newborn child she just gave away it's quite dastardly but she did it when we read more deeper we understand that she was a teenager what do you expect a teenager to do what life skill does she have tell the story of kunti from the point of a teenager then the story is more softer is more nuanced your heart is weeping for that girl with all the kind of experiences i've been going through the kind of learnings i'm going through i feel that uh, there is nothing black and white as such it's all a, a mass of gray so i looked at mahabharata from the prism of inner voices inner subtleties the kauravas are bad the pandavas are good 
But who says so? If you actually investigate, if you actually go with a like a sleuth, you know, you go snooping, right, and you find that everybody has a story, and everybody is a result of that story. Duryodhana had a horrendous father. He had a very very difficult childhood. Why difficult? Because this man was constantly molding him. He was a blind man, and his grip on life was far more fierce, more than people who had eyes. Desperately wanted the crown. So that kind of a man, constantly, constantly, constantly pushing him, pushing him as a child. You see so many other Duryodhanas around us, no? People with such difficult parents, father or mother, and then when we look at it very closely, we find that he is as much a victim as anybody else. and his responses the way he reacts the way he is you find that there are people who love him who adore him they say we will give your life for you there is no other character in the mahabharata where somebody says i'll give your life for you so which means that he did make a difference to a whole lot of people people who he loved adored him but if he hated somebody he was very honest about it he said no i don't like that person so then you look at his dad what happened to his dad what is the insecurity what was his childhood like when you are tuned in intuitively all of it falls into place you get the whole package because uh, and that's what intuition is all about because you are accessing your right hemisphere information which you cannot account for oh go there or take that auto driver don't go to this auto driver if you ignore it you may not have a any experience or a big deal but if you follow your intuition chances are you'll have a better experience like we created something out of the blue very intuitively and we say okay the scene is there i don't know how it looks and then somebody comes and says you know this means something else this is giving a breather to us we feel more relieved because there's a very stressful scene here and this this i i can't think of another way of doing the theater because i feel accessing the right hemisphere accessing intuitiveness even my trainings my corporate trainings once a, let's say a client says we want something done i go to that space i know what i have to do over here i am also an observer the form of theater that is most closest to my heart is a form called playback theater and in that form what happens is if you are going to watch a performance you share a real life incident and a set of trained actors played back to you right there on the spot so what happens then is that it's called the field actually things that you may have shared not shared are shared in the performance traumatic experience you've shared mm. right and you may have forgotten a key word or a key thing that will happen in the story because when we connect to our intuition and these are all trained actors they've been performing for a long time right and that's what i train people in <clears throat> when we connect to our intuition we are performing the actor lets go of the logical thing and immerses themselves in the performance space and in that performance they are guided actors are constantly working to create that energy and let us say even if you as a fellow actor suddenly wondering okay i've done this what next then another actor stepping in and giving you a cue and it takes you forward a lot of people who are software engineers and chartered accountants are part of my theater and they do it because it's very relaxing for them it enriches their own lives the brain is a device that we have not using <laughs> like music this learning a new language which is why till actors experience new things don't get stuck in the same comfort zone food clothes um, anything you know nourish uh, did you go to a museum when did you last go oh i went when i was 10 years old go to an art gallery experience see things travel if you can do things differently like when you meet childhood buddies what happens warmth that sharing of the anecdote what happens yeah you get closer to them but you're also getting closer to yourself see because you are actually a stranger to your own self to a large extent a very good uh, inner circle of friends maintaining that 
as an actor you are studying people right investing in the human condition developing that empathy i've struggled with this i think i'm in the best space now mm. at this point of time in my life where i i am sort of understanding this journey better empathy especially to animals to birds i mean with boundaries because then you can go to another level also you can lose your identity so even theater or anything that i do how can i make a difference to that individual it goes beyond the scope of entertainment alone entertainment is definitely important and that is a fundamental thing and i would not diss that but also i look at in terms of how can we create a healing in that individual how can we create a shift in that individual and then suddenly then i put all this together and now what is happening is as i'm progressing ideas for newer workshops formulating so as i'm growing i find newer experiences creating a retreat for non theater people creating a retreat for theater people these kind of ideas are like emerging if something is happening to me i have to implement it if there are five things okay fine i don't diversify so much in terms of ideation until i have put it into practice because so many ideas are being discussed about you know so many things and then somebody burps and that is forgotten today when i look back at my own life i i wish i had learned uh, financial management i wish i could go back to the 29 uh, or 27 year old who gone to theater and told him idiot get a financial coach <laughs> get a therapist get support systems like that those things will help you slide through life and i'm meeting all those people at a very later part in my journey like i'm feeling now i'm, I'm like i have access to so many nourishing enriching people now post covid you're seeing a lot more of that people have become more mindful at the same time they become even more crazier also i see they are far more stressful than they have ever been ha huh, there are stressful moments there are also lighter moments 24 bar 7 kind of uh, courses and they're saying whether you're ill or not you have to be present i mean what is this before the pandemic i heard of a management institute which said you have to be present every single day of this course even if you're 103 degree temperature you will come here in a you know shawl and all that but you'll be present and there are schools which do not have playgrounds they are run by people from iit my funda is why don't you just stick to your own uh, domain i was reading the news and something popped yesterday some kid has lost memory because of excessive video gaming in college i i meet them they are like hassle harassed continuous internal assessments god knows they are in a mixy literally ground they leave college leave education to enlightened folk to people who have worked on themselves so which is why real experiences count more now so which is why the arts is going to be the place that people are going to come to and real experiences meeting people the march of the ai and all of that it's a very fearful thing right my understanding is whatever is happening is a collective manifestation the collective comes from the individual i I cannot speak about a teenager sitting and coding. I cannot speak about somebody else's behavior, but I can speak about my behavior. And the world is a mirror of my living. The world is a mirror of your living and likewise yours. We are talking about disconnect, a massive disconnect. Then I look at myself and say which part of my life am I experiencing a disconnect? Where is it? As a person, I might be very empathetic in a certain sphere. In another sphere, I might be a cold-hearted traumatized person i might be relating to different things so what i do is what i feel is where can i reduce the disconnect i don't know if the disconnect will vanish i have gone through my own traumas i have to work at it i have to be hopeful so the point i'm trying to make is when i build empathy and more connection and more love and more uh, of myself and that goes for everybody right we are building more of ourselves like okay? i was teaching a course in christ university for the ba liberal arts course 
I had a bunch of uh, students in my class last year. Some of them were very excited about the theater, and they came and they could see what the vision of this work was, and they could see that I was not just a teacher; I was a mentor. And some of them had no clue of that and did not care, frankly. I had a very mixed experience. But when the process got over, everybody said, "Oh, wow! This is what you were doing." I feel it is all very subjective. Let us say you crack the code and you say, "Okay, this is the thing. Here, take it." How many people will take it? Mikao Usui, who brought Reiki into the forefront in Japan, he went to a leper's colony and he said, "I'm going to heal these people." At the end of three years, he lived there. They looked at him. They said, "You made our life worse. Get out from here." He was offering the ultimate. I will heal you. You will become something. No, we don't want you. Get out. So why? Earlier we were leading a very hopeless life, but we knew this was our life. Now you've given us hope, and hope is a dangerous thing. We don't want it. After that, he meditated, and he got these three rules. Well, number one, don't give anything free of cost. Okay, charge, no free healing. Two, take permission. Somebody should be interested in it. No, let's say listening to this podcast may make a difference to somebody, but for that, that person should be willing to tune in, right? Ego is the the joy. Yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a good boy. I'm not an authentic person. But but I I suffer. I suffer because of this because it's a fake false that's why unlearning deconditioning accepting that I feel that if we can freely go huh. and give ourselves permission forget about others huh. ourselves huh. I want to explore this I want to give permission to myself and if I'm not harming another human being if I'm not destroying the environment if it's not affecting my growth see if it's making me an egoistic bastard then no but if it's in alignment with my journey then go ahead and do it be you so past experiences people who've done it in the past the best example is osho osho learn from their experiences his writings are some of the most profound writing whatever he tried to do and whatever he did ultimately it ended up being a cult ultimately it became a puddle because there is absolutely lack of awareness of oneself i see this especially in my healings right when they come they speak and by the end of an hour online mostly they are glowing they are in their resourceful state and two months later just i'm scrolling down my uh, uh, whatsapp contacts and i see the profile pictures this person is so pretty this person is so handsome such stunning people and such liberated people i'm like whoa what happened what happens when you go on a holiday you find yourself like for me train journeys i love train journeys because train journeys for me bring me closest to myself not bus journeys not even flight old trains and that sound and you know so so what happens is when i'm traveling like that i feel more resourceful i can write I, i i can sense a lot of things i'm experiencing the nourishing experience of myself when i drink the coffee or the tea or everything is a very special experience but when the disconnect is happening it is mindless it's it's it's, it's a technical you know we don't even know what is going in it's very plastic everything is plastic so which is why things like yoga a massage so important from a body level therapy mind level walking bare feet hugging trees can i be more empathetic to myself can i be more compassionate to my story and when i move forward then what happens i tend to manifest people i tend to manifest stories which are in resonance but otherwise see it's just like this life is just a video game let's say let's say i'm in level 23 so you come to me and you want to learn i can only take you up to level 23 now to reach level 30 maybe that's your way you want to go and you come to me say i know i want to go to level 30 but if i've not practiced that authentically in my own life i cannot take you anywhere and for me this was the biggest learning in the sense that okay to take somebody there i have to work on myself i have to let go of anger negativity i have to make peace with people i have to just let go period it's just how one processes life no
for me it's a feel it's a vibe i don't have any uh, highly complex stuff to share just this aspect of to continuously work on myself continuously 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 and to make that a process that's the only thing i can do therapeutic kind of a process whatever that process is right which can emotionally help 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 heal stories because healing is a lifelong process it's not a one day two day process i think investing in that healing self healing wanting to know about people's stories and and being invested in the human condition you created this podcast why have you done it because there is an inner desire or a keen desire and that desire is genuine so i think this investment in the human condition in knowing people in being with people in being around people i think that is the key thing in it that makes you reach out to people see opportunities collect all of us may not have access to such people right now you're putting all of them in one link when i get back i want to listen to all of them and you are doing a fabulous work in this area so similarly each of us connect to ourselves then i think there is hope the disconnect wins over a lot of times when i take one step forward sometimes i feel i'm taking two three four five steps backwards maybe we are headed towards doom what i feel i think too much of uh, uh, importance given to this life on this tiny blue spitball <laughs> this is not the movie this is probably i think the backstage before the movie starts <laughs> when you cross death you know when you leave that's when the movie begins <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs>